The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I want to read out while you are getting in touch about that a tweet that was I posted online uh, early this morning from Carl Dawson of 98FM sometimes a guest on this show of course uh, Carl obviously feeling a bit under the weather because he says called four separate GP practices this morning all four told me they were full and couldn't register me as a new patient the only recourse is to now wait around until DDoc comes on service this evening very frustrating I suspect Carl's experience is not a lonely one. Dr. Brendan O'Shea is with me. He's a GP in Newbridge in County Kildare and a spokesperson uh, for the Kildare Faculty of the Irish College of General Practitioners. Uh, Brendan, you're welcome to the show. Um, Much like those four practices, Carl, rang today, I mean, are your books closed? Are you taking on new patients? We've been closed to new patients, I'd say, for about seven years. Uh, I'm in Newbridge. We've got eight or nine practices in Newbridge. They're all closed. Um, and that has been the case. Um, so th- this is very distressing. It's distressing for the practices. It's very distressing for people trying to sign on. Kildare, people are coming into Kildare from all over the world, um, and it is very, very difficult. And you have, and the, 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 the example that catches it perfectly, you have people drifting into the cooperative in the evening out of desperation and sometimes thinking that this is a general practice service, and it so is not a general practice service. It's for acute single-episode care. It doesn't provide continuity of care, which is critical for mental health issues, for chronic disease management, uh, for so many different conditions. Mm. So this, this has been an accident happening in slow motion for a decade. I mean, I, sorry, I think that's kind of remarkable that, 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 that yearbooks are closed for about seven years and there's eight or nine practices in, in somewhere as, as populous as Newbridge and nobody is taking on any new patients. I mean, what, what happens, Brendan, if I move to Newbridge tomorrow? I, what do I have to do? I keep seeing my GP in Kilkenny? What do I do? Well, it depends what kind of a patient that you are. Um, uh, if you're a private patient, uh, I think your circumstances are actually very difficult indeed. Um, and it, we frequently bump into people who haven't been able to sign on to a practice for several years. We have people who come into Kildare from Dublin and they're still going back to see their old doctor in Clondalkin or in Bray or wherever. So, and if you're a private patient, uh, you have very little or no entitlement. If you're a medical card patient, there is the system. And the system is this, and this is a cause of unhappiness to practices. The HSE uh, can assign you uh, to any GP who is um, a contract holder under the medical card system. So our practice, and indeed all my colleagues' practices, are closed to new patients, but the HSE can and does compulsorily assign patients to our practice on a regular basis. It happens many times a month that families are assigned to our practice. Now, cheers for the medical card patients. This is one of the few situations where the medical card patient is ahead of the private patient. But it's a really unsatisfactory situation. It is even for the medical card patients, especially for the practices, and bottom of this pile are private patients. So in the ICGP, we've had a position on this. Uh, We feel we're getting some traction. Um, the numbers of new trainees onto our national training scheme is increasing year on year. It's at 250 a year this year, and it's projected to grow to 350 mm. uh, within the next two, uh, three to four years. However, the system needs an awful lot more GPs than that. Uh, and we're losing people. They stay for the training. It is world-class training. It's a four-year GP training scheme, and they are hoovered up by Australia, by Canada and by the UK. Mm-hmm. A, lot of them, a lot of them leave. Now, the other uh, really uh, magic ingredient in this that will help us would be if we could increase the number of GP nurses. Um, we have about 4,000 GPs and about 2,000 GP nurses. 
it would be quicker and faster to double the number of GP nurses, which if we did it, would bring us up to the same staffing level as in the NHS in the UK. And that would begin to create a bit of slack and would help people. Brendan, don't go anywhere. I want to introduce Alona Duffy, who's a GP in Monaghan. Uh, she's with us as well. Alona, is it the same situation in your part of the world? Um, yes, the whole county of Monaghan is closed. So if you move to anywhere in the county, you won't have a hope of getting uh, a GP place. And I mean, is it simply that there are just not enough GPs and there are not enough GPs being trained and qualifying at the rate at which GPs are retiring? Is it to do with big population increases? What is it? Well, I think it's multifactorial and, Karen, because, okay, number one, we know that 24% of our GP population are aged 60 and over. So obviously, you know, we're facing a massive crisis with people coming towards retirement. We know also that population has increased. And if you compare between 2002, when we had a population of 3.93 million, it's up to 5.03 million, which is 1.1 million extra people living in the country. And that's a 28% increase. But it's not just a 28% increase. Part of that rise in population is that people are living longer. So we have a, we're seeing a rapid rise in our, in our older members of our, of our population. And with that, that means more complex care. It means more, you know, more frequent visits to their GP and more complicated visits. And, and we're seeing GP taking on new roles. Some have agreed, uh, some agreed roles such as chronic care, but others unagreed where hospital departments are saying, see your GP, get mm. your GP to organise this. So the reality is our workload is ever increasing. Other measures such as when the free under six GP cards come in, that led to a 29% increase in GP workload in that cohort. And the plans by this government who know of the crisis to introduce more free GP cards, the ICGP have figured that this is going to create another 640,000 additional GP consults. So really, I suppose it's hard not to be frustrated and it's hard not to be angry when, as Brendan said, this crisis has been predicted for years. We've talked about it and talked about it. And yet those who are making the decisions choose to ignore it. It's going to get worse, isn't it? I mean, just look when you look at the maths, if a quarter of GPs are due to retire in the next five years, we're not going to replace those GPs at the same rate they're retiring. The population is getting bigger, it's getting older, so all of those problems will compound the demands on the service and the amount providing the service is going to be reduced. And that those people who are left behind are becoming burnt out. I talked to a young GP today who's single-handed who just is having a torrent of abuse in her area because people can't sign on with her. And again, why aren't people might be saying, well, just sign us on. Why don't you take on new patients? Surely it's business, surely it's money. We have to ensure that we're able to provide a safe and accessible patient, uh, service to our patients. So if we keep taking on patients and have thousands of patients on our list, but we can't provide appointments to them, it becomes unsafe and it doesn't become a service. And another point that's worth remembering is that we know the UK is in crisis, yet they have 30% more GPs per head of population um, than we have. So I mean, it really shows how awful things are here and again, how things need to be done. And like Brendan said, there are many ways of looking at this. Yes, GP nurses is one thing, but I would say we actually need probably different, not just GP nurses, but perhaps advanced nurse practitioners. But ultimately, no matter what else we put in, we need more GPs. And how do we do that? Yes, we can train them. But as Brendan has said, we have got to ensure that they want to remain here in Ireland because most people don't want to go and uproots and live in Australia, you know, across the world from their family. They want to stay here. They've trained here. They've lived here. So we have to start looking at how do we make this 
a career and it is mm. a wonderful career for those who are, in, who are in it we do enjoy what we do we love the patient contact but we have to ensure that those who are joining it now get that satisfaction and don't become burnt out like many of our colleagues are uh, Brendan I'm conscious that this must feed into issues in hospitals as well when we talk about the trolley crisis in this show we often talk about hospital capacity and hospital staffing and step down facilities and everything else but if people don't have a GP or it's very hard to see their GP there's a long waiting list uh, uh, for an appointment maybe several days even longer because there are so few GPs that makes it more likely that someone's going to end up in an emergency department does it? Well, we've referred to what's happening. Uh, people drift into uh, cooperatives uh, out of our settings, which is not the right place for them to drift into. They also drift into emergency departments. And this feeds in very directly to Trolleygate and all the awfulness of that. Um, I suppose real GPs, that's what we do. Um, uh, and I mean that in a broad sense, including GP nurses and our administrators. It's difficult really to understand at times what's going on in the hospitals. It is difficult to understand that in 2022, most of our hospitals still run on paper-based administration. It's absolutely impossible to understand that. How could that be the case? Everything we do in general practice uh, is documented electronically. We know our workload down to the last whisker. Um, and again, the pressing issue for us when it comes to patients trying to join on the practice is safety. Uh, that a tired, exhausted doctor is not a safe doctor. Uh, there's the demoralisation and the burnout that we're concerned about. I would con- violently agree with Alona. It is an absolutely wonderful job. I would recommend it to anybody, either GP nursing or being a general practitioner. But at the moment, uh, there is too much being asked of too few. Yeah. Um, now, the quick fix um, is to do as we've outlined. Uh, how many nurses have we got in the system? In the acute hospital system, there are about 34 to 6,000, 34 to 36,000 nurses. In the general practice side, there are in around 2,000, and many of them are part-timers. In the context of the whole of health system spending, it is a very inexpensive fix to double the number of GP nurses. Mm. Uh, Now, terms and conditions for GP nurses are less good than terms and conditions for acute hospital nurses. Acute hospital nurses have pensions, uh, they have sick leave, uh, they have career grades, they've got career progression, they get protected time for study leave, um, general practice nurses generally don't get any of those things. So, but again, we have to look at it. If we want to increase the number of GP nurses from 2,000 to 4,000 in the context of a health system that already employs 36,000 nurses, and we're not counting the nurses in the nursing home sector, this is a very small piece, and it really could make a difference. It's not all bad. Um, Alona made reference to the additional work that we're taking on in practice. An exciting thing that happened uh, in the last two years mm. was that finally, after about 20 years of asking, GPs were given really good access to radiological diagnostics. We, had, we now have very good access uh, to uh, MRI and CT scanning for, our, for all of our patients. Uh, that was switched on with the stroke of a ministerial pen. Not a very big cost item, and it has really made a difference yeah. uh, in terms of assisting reducing some waiting lists uh, in outpatients. The same approach could be taken uh, for, for general practice nursing. Yeah, well, listen, if it's dispiriting for you, I think it's dispiriting for people as well listening, because for a long time, while it was probably never perfect, there was a sense that at least at the primary care level, it was the functioning part of the health system. But not so if that is the situation on the ground at the moment, and as you both say, a situation that's going to get worse. We've just moved to Wicklow, says this listener. We have a baby due next month. We can't find a local GP at all. Pretty nerve-wracking not to have that support close by with a newborn. I guess the newborn, though, will get a 
GP cards and maybe the HSE then kind of foists your newborn onto one of the local GPs as Brendan uh, says Pat and Carlo says tried to get a doctor's appointment in Tullow there's an eight week wait but they never answer the phone I drive to Navin from Tullow for an appointment anybody else doing like Pat let me know 53106 thank you to Dr Brendan O'Shea Newbridge GP spokesperson for the Cadair faculty of the Irish College of General Practitioners and Ilona Duffy who's a GP based in Monaghan the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.